What up? What up, people? Your boy John Elbow, nothing but facts, and my co-host Chris Brooks. We are back in action this week. Chris, yes, sir. You miss me? No, you don't. But can you please share this to all these local groups? Why, so, like, why, why don't you miss me, Chris? I mean, it's not, been a whole week. You ain't like I thought we were supposed to have like a bromance or something. John, this isn't about you. It's not about me. No, it's about Tony Irons. Well, oh, so we do have a special, special guest. A real special guest, Mr. Big Time himself. I think he's one of maybe four coaches that have done some special stuff. You want me to name some of it? I mean, the floor is yours. Tee it up. Let's introduce our guest properly. I think I want to say he Don't screw it up. He won a high school state championship. I want to say he won one as a coach also. And I want to say he was a national champion at the College of Ozarks. And on top of that, when it's all said and done, he's won Coach of the Year probably a thousand times. So we got the <laughs> GOAT tonight. Oh, man. That's a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we got to give him a little, just a little bit, just a, just a little. Hey, we, we got sound effects for that, bro. Oh. What? Yeah, so like we done updated the studio stuff and like. Come on, boy. This right. is what I'll be talking I about, did. man. I knew I should have did it. This just... is why I said that you have no business running the board. You got no business running the board because you got no clue with electronics, bro. You still like, you still got your stuff on read message, don't you? Your text. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's just poor. You shouldn't do that. All right. So are we sharing this? Yeah, we should be sharing this to everybody at this point. I mean, we, we can't not share it when we got all right, so Tommy Irons in the building with us. That's like, all right, so take, take care of that. Well, Ladies you, and gentlemen. You can get his time. You can get a little bit of his time. Yeah, you were late. <laughs> I was definitely late. I'm fresh <laughs> off a flight. You know what I'm saying? Fresh off a, a tournament uh, in Orlando. Elite eight? In the Elite Eight. Mm. Lost to the same team twice mm. in a month. I did it's it. Ba- it's, it's bad coaching. I did it in football. Just, <laughs> you know, it, hey. To, I, don't, I don't recall Tony doing you that. a fan in here? Because, <laughs> hey, look. It's like 98. I think that fireball kicking <laughs> in. I ain't talking about when I used to hoop. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, Tony, we, we appreciate you stopping by. It's always good. We try to have you on um, once. Once a season, yep. is that about right? Yep. You yep. know, can't yep. can't get you too much. You know, you're always out. You know, coaching kids. So, what what's new? How's how's BBE? How's how's life with BBE right now? Man, first of all, you guys have come a long way from Cybergs. <laughs> just want to put that out there. We're going back to Cybergs. We this, are going to make a special appearance. Uh, the wings. Uh, the wings. The wings. There's a few people out there who owe me some wings. Is that all you had was wings? Uh, no, they have DoorDash now, so you can come. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The wings here. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think he gotta make a. He kind of makes a valid point. Uh, uh, I mean, well, maybe maybe we'll bring Cybergs here. Yeah. And then everybody will kind of wanna be a guest and kind of wanna be in a in a room. Shout out to our producers. Um, you know who wings I like? Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. You know who wings I like? It's a it's a little place over on the south side. No. It's on a. I only know about the hole in the walls when we go at the practice. John, don't you owe me some food from the last time that I was on? Do I owe you some food? Because I heard that when you have guests, you kind of pay for their food. That's what you heard? Yeah. Okay. And I didn't get a meal. I just wanted to put that out there. I got you some fries on deck, aside all the fries. I don't want any fries. What do you want? We'll talk about that later. All right. Oh, let me let me. So sorry. Don't don't curse me. I produce it. Yeah. John, if you can't share this, that'd be awesome. But but Tony, um, we're gonna give you a little minute. How how's life with with BBE? And then we'll kind of you know kind of progress into everything else that we want to grill you over. Uh, life life with BBE was good this year. Um, we kind of. I'm not gonna say we overachieved, but um, you did. Okay, we overachieved. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of people didn't really think we were gonna be, you know, to make the run that we made. Um, but that's just a credit to. You know, good people around, and the kids is really buying in and, and playing their butts off. And, you know, those those guys got hot, and they trusted in what we were doing. And, you know, for us to make it to the Elite Eight or the EYBL was something short of special. So, um, you know, just proud of them, proud of how they endured, because we definitely had some, you know, some peaks and valleys throughout the whole summer. And then just to put it together at the end to give it a shot was know pretty special so excited about that me me and john kind of talked about you guys going ahead and and, and beating team mellow you mm-hmm. know what i mean obviously you know on this circuit you're facing a lot of teams who are quote-unquote nba sponsored so uh, but are sponsored by nba players um obviously it's exciting you know what i mean being a gym um but but just talk about talk about how 
how you really don't have a lot of time. You know, it's not like you're coaching your own kids where you're getting, you know, every day after school, you're practicing from, you know, two and a half hours or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about, you know, that process of having limited time, limited ability, but still being able to get kids to buy in. And as you said, over, as John said, overachieve, quote unquote, um, this particular year. So we had uh, played Team Mello in Kansas City and actually lost to him at an 8 a.m. game around, I think it was about 15 points. And um, to play them in the play-in game of the EYBL, we ended up beating them by 15. So uh, one thing that credit to the EYBL, one thing that they did was they they kind of spread the schedule out more. And that was just one game a day. So it gave us time to actually prepare and, you mm-hmm. know, walk through things and, and shoot around. So, like, that kind of – in that type of environment, it kind of favored us a little bit just because we were able to um, – actually scout and plan you're not planning for two or three games in one day you're planning for now just one game per day so um you know that that was an added benefit for it so that, i think that helped tremendously not only with just being able to scout but it also helped our kids actually recover a little bit too so they weren't having you know to go through the, the normal wear and tear on their bodies that they would have you know in a normal session got you one, one more question I'll, I'll pass it over to john you, you know What's your approach when you're coaching, you know, basically AAU basketball when, when they're not your kids? You know, I mean, is it more of a befriend? Is it more of a, you know, just really trying to give you, you know, you coaching guys. You right. know what I mean? You, right. You're coaching the top guys. Is, is it more so just trying to hold them accountable to the details of the game? Or what, what's really your approach to be able to kind of have that growth within a player? Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely different because um, – you don't have the time to develop the relationships that you would with your normal high school kids. So those, your high school kids, you're, you're talking about being around them for months at a time, and you have them for, you know, utmost of four years. And so they get to a point where, you know, they trust you. They understand where you're coming from in situations. And, um, you know, that relationship piece is pivotal when, when you're talking about them going out there and playing for you. Um, in AAU, you have to kind of speed that whole process up because these are kids that you're sometimes only seeing once or twice a week, if mm-hmm. that, depending on the circumstances. And um, every last one of them are, are kind of competing for the same thing. They want scholarship offers. They want to, um, you know, obviously, you know, they, they, they look at it as this, this is my one opportunity to be able to play in front of people. Mm-hmm. And, and then most of them are some of the best players on their high school team. So... You know, trying to figure out how to to blend all those different talents and to try to make it look, you know, somewhat team-oriented is a little bit different just because you don't have, like you said, the added time you would normally have on a normal basis. When, when you look at the, <clears throat> the EYBL piece, Jill, when you talk about atmospheres as far as, like, you didn't coach in some big atmospheres as far as mm-hmm. events. You, you didn't been to the Thanksgiving Hoops down in Atlanta with sold-out gym. You didn't play that. Uh, state championships where it was jam packing nothing but people going crazy. You didn't been down the the River Bend Classic uh, down in New Madrid where it was jam packing. You playing Charleston. Talk about the atmosphere that when when you go down to the Peach Jam, uh, how loud it is in the gym. So they do one of the things that you love about it is that it's, it's it's in a compact gym. So outside of the main court, you know all the other gyms are pretty small and. Um, and they get pretty loud. So when you look out and a whole, you have a whole row on the back wall of nothing but college coaches, and then you got two bleachers that are just filled with fans of, you know, which program it is, mm-hmm. and it gets pretty loud. Then you have a track over the top where you have people leaning over, kind of looking, just depending on who's playing. Like, and that city in itself just, you know, they, they crave basketball outside of the Masters. I don't think they have very many sporting events that go on. You know, in that community, so that whole community pretty much embraces um, getting a chance to see, you know, upcoming stars and just, you know, and you, you get opportunities to, to run across pros and stuff like that when they come and watch their team. So, like, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, um, all of them were, you know, in attendance and coming to watch games and stuff like that. So that also, you know, adds a level of intrigue to the environment. That, that, that's got to be an exciting atmosphere for, you know, any kid, you know, that, that, that's traveling on the, on that circuit. You know, do you, do you feel that 
being on the AAU circuit for these kids is more motivating than actually playing for their high school team. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> you know your kids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, is, everybody is, is don't it get the stage. The everybody don't and, get and the I, stage. And I guess that's, that's what it yeah. is, you know, what I mean? maybe it's just a stage, but, you know, over and over, week in, week out, you know what I mean? Being on that stage, you're probably going to be on TV if you're playing a team mellow. You know what I mean? I mean, hell, you're probably going to be on it, on TV any game you're coaching. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be streams somewhere. You know, but is, is, is that is that really what these kids are looking for or are they looking more forward to being able to compete with their team, you know, to, to be able to gain attention and offers as well? So um, I just think with anything, um, you know, just with the – you know, the, the presence of, you know, media and cameras and stuff like that has kind of added, you know, a little bit of flair to playing in AAU. Um, AAU in its existence was created to provide opportunities, a platform for opportunities for people to get exposure. Um, you know, and, and, and it helps because college coaches don't have to, you know, travel around place to place. They can go to one centralized location mm-hmm. and be able to see everyone. So that that's what it was, you know, Intended to do outside of obviously selling product, kind of like a mega <laughs> kind of like a mega camp. Yeah. yeah, you know the the, okay. the business portion of it was to sell product and get kids exposed to whatever product that is. And um, so when you talk about just the business aspect of it, the business aspect of it is obviously different than what it is in high school. And um, I think kids are, um, you know, they're kind of adjusting to it now because you know now you're talking about kids focusing in on, you know, trying to focus in on their own individual brands and all these different things that come with sometimes playing in those markets. Whereas, you know, the essence of, you know, just traditional basketball was, you know, being on teams that were really successful, having team success, and then kind of using that as a platform to get the individual success afterwards. But I think it's somewhat pivoting away from that. And it's kind of great that you segue into that because <clears throat> I saw a post uh, on social media yesterday and another one again today. Uh, and the question was pretty much asked um, if Cam Fletcher, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm having a. Uh, Kevin Love. Cam Fletcher and Caleb Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, would those two, if they went to a prep school, would they be. In the league already, I, I kind of responded to that question. Like I, <clears throat> I just think that, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, you know. And at the end of the day, I think that both of those kids were put in great situations, and I thought that they they each have opportunities, obviously, to you know reach whatever goal it is that they're destined to reach. And you know, I think a lot of times people want to skip steps and jump really fast and you know like and in the comment that I made I don't think anybody technically is really prepared for college mm-hmm. um, and the reason why I say that is it's just everything is a level you know what I mean it's just no different than a rookie going into the NBA or the NFL or something like that like it's going to take them time to get acclimated to the different things and then no right. matter how you try to simulate it you can't simulate what's actually what you don't actually go through on a daily basis. Right. So, again, yes, you can kind of make it look like it all you want. It just still doesn't, you know, it's still not the same. And, you know, I also talked about how, like, you know, the, it, that most universities have people that are, you know, player development guys. Their, their, their overall goal is to develop talent. And Will and Franklin that, was a player development guy, and that's what I'm for, saying. For so, like, so, so you have people that their 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 sole purpose is to, when you get in, is to help you develop not just on the court but off the court as well. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think that, you know, obviously as high school coaches, you know what my belief is is that, you know, you have to do everything that you can to get them as close to prepared as possible. But even with that, when you get there, you know, the game is obviously going to be faster. People are going to be older. They're going to be stronger. They're going to be, you know, in a program for multiple years. You know, that you're looking at the transfer portal right now, like they're taking college ready kids, kids that have college experience, mm-hmm. not kids that are seventeen, uh, eighteen years. Seventeen to eighteen that so if, if if college experience is so valuable, then that tells you that, that there really is no preparation for college experience. 
So do you think that the bigger issue is, <clears throat> and I'm not going to really call it uh, clout chasing, but then what's going on? What? Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm not going to really say clout chasing within Sorry what's going on within youth sports. Um, but do you, when, when you look at the grand scheme of things, because you talked about how people want to skip steps and they want to they take a leap. Do, do you think that is because everybody wants to jump on the first wave that they see? I mean, obviously you're going to have barbershop talk anywhere you go. So <laughs> I, I love just, it. Just, I love it. I mean, that just is what it is. So, like, you know, <clears throat> an analogy would be, I mean, if I pay $1,000 to go to a club where Beyonce is and I get an opportunity to take a picture with Beyonce, no one knows what I did that night with Beyonce. Chris Brown. I mean, just, just I mean, you taking a picture for a thousand dollars. Yeah, but the but the point I'm making is is that like, obviously, how the picture looks. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> but but actually taking the picture, you know that when I post that picture, obviously is going to there's going to be a level of you know intrigue by that, and yeah. it's going to you know open up questions and different things. How did you meet her? What did you got like? So I'm not saying that that's the same level. But what I am saying is that, um, you know, obviously we all, you know, every, everybody, if you have a kid, if you have a whatever, you have to do what's best for your kid. That's just the bottom line. So, but you also have to understand that, you know, what we may think may be the best may not be the best. That's I, just, that's just is what I, it is. Cause I, like, I think it's a crap shoot though, because you know, you, you it's a you, big gamble. You've, you've coached a, a, a million kids you know, that, that have went on to play collegiate basketball. And when they get there, and, and I know and I, and I know you well enough to know, you, you are going to tell the coach spot on, hey, this is X, this is Y, this is what, you know what I mean, for the most interest of the kid. You know what I mean? Obviously, mm -hmm. they're going there, not, not, to, not to, to steer them to go a different direction, but you, you give them the blueprint on the kid. But when they go there, it's all out of your control. You have no idea what's going to happen. Cam Fletcher, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I mean, it could be the same situation with, with Caleb Love. You don't know what's going to happen when you get there. Are you going to buy into the program? Are you not? Are you going to be late for class? Are you not? Are you going to be late for workouts? Are you not? So it's funny you say that. So, like, and I, and I haven't been – I've been coaching a, a while. I haven't been coaching, like, a, a, a – a whole long time. I don't know, dog. Yeah, you've been yeah. a decade. Yeah. It's about to be a decade in a minute. It's been it's longer than a decade. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going on 14. <coughs> but so what I'm saying is that I've been, I've been privy to being in multiple conversations and also watching the whole landscape of basketball change. And, um, you know, I can only speak on, like, again, I can't, it's hard for me to speak on places and situations that I haven't, like, actually you know been in and been around so i'm not going to do that but what i can say is this so like i remember when i first started coaching and um there was a lot of conversation about you know the differences between like a private school and going to let's just say a, a madison or a vashon or something like that the number one criteria in the conversation always pivoted towards academics so people would always say, well, you know. It's still the case. Okay. But, but, no, but let him finish yeah. up because he's he going somewhere with it yeah. and I know where okay. he's going. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, but, but the reality was this. So what someone would say would be, okay, you know, I would love my son to go play at school X, but I just don't know academically if it's the right fit for him. Or I would rather him go to this situation because it's better academically yeah. than the other <laughs> one. I've also been in a situation where – at Veshan, where um, there was this whole, you know, notion about us being so systematic that our kids weren't developing fast enough, and, and we only really cared about winning. We, we placed them in roles, and we kind of restricted them from actually developing the way that they need to develop. The same thing that's going to happen in college, but go carry okay, on. Okay, so, you know, so. Happens in high schools. Okay, so, yeah. but, but here's the thing, Private though. high schools. So, so but, but, this was, but this was the, you know, that's what the, the notion was at the time. So now, you know, when, when John's talking about that post and I read that post, the, the, the conversation now is starting to pivot away from academics and more so specializing and focusing in on 
strictly athletics. So you're, you're now talking about... <laughs> but so, that's really what it, it was no, no, anyway. Yeah, they yeah. just used that as but, a crutch. But my, but my point is, is that, like, so I've seen it, you know, go all the way through. So gotcha. I've seen... I've been on the, the, the back end of all of it. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've, I've seen, well, you know, academically it's not where this needs to be. It's too systematic. Kids don't, don't have enough freedom to be able to do X, Y, Z. You're winning, but you only care about winning. And then it's going to now situations where, like, one of the, I guess one of the posts says something about kids only going to school for four hours a day and spending eight hours in the gym focusing in on sports. Stupidity. But, but what I'm saying is that that kind of, you know, goes completely against what I guess originally was, you know, the topic of said. conversation. Yeah. And, I mean, and, I, and obviously, you know, I, I talk to a lot of college coaches and, you know, I know, I mean, realistically stuff is spread out, but, I mean, colleges aren't spending eight hours in the gym. They have no, to be. No, they have a time. They have yeah, a they, have a, they, have a, they have a window of what they have to do, and they have to. 25 know, hours, is it? Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, obviously there's a lot of access. Like, they have access to the facilities and stuff like that to be able to do what they need to do. If they want to go work out at 4 in the morning, they can go work out at 4 in the morning. But, again, that goes back to your individual kid and different things like that. But I just, you know, obviously I just, you know, I look at things a lot differently now, and it's. You know, sometimes it just is amusing because it's almost like the conversation just is like on a ping pong table. And it just goes back and forth between what is current and what is going to be more beneficial to their kid. But at the same time, it's also about socially what it looks like amongst, you know what I mean? Like, if, I, if I'm able to say this, I'm able to say my son goes to this private school and like what you said, the academics and the athletics are like this. Mm -hmm. Socially, that gives me some acceptance to be able to say, yeah, my son goes here, opposed to going here. You know what I'm saying? So just, I don't think it's any different in any situation. You, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the country. I hate that, though. So, like, I... But they changed the whole narrative, like he said. You know what I mean? First it was, oh, you're just... Yeah. You know, they can't... Can, they can't do anything for you academically. Well, I mean, because I've heard, I've heard honors so courses where you can, you know what I mean, take honors <laughs> courses. Um, do you do you feel like, you know, you've not necessarily had that those conversations with kids or, or parents, but just had those conversations in general about kids that live in Vashon's district should be going to Vashon, but they opt to go to another private school. Do you feel like you've just had that barbershop conversation more more so often, you know, relatively now than, than you have in the past? No. Because, I, I mean, in all honesty, I I don't really have those conversations. It is what it is. Got you. you know what I'm saying? John, John, they tell you because hey. it's – When, I mean, when it could, you the GOAT, you nah, don't got to have them conversations. Nah, because, I mean, <laughs> the reality is this. That's like, true. Everybody isn't meant to play at Veshon. That's just the truth. And everybody's not meant to play wherever. But um, – you know, my job is if, if I have to convince you about the things that we do well and, and, and what we've done, you know what I mean, for kids and stuff like that, then obviously if it has to continue to be convinced, then it's not the place for you. So there's no rhyme or reason to it, and there's no disrespect to it. Yeah. It just is what it is. So I don't really engage in a lot of those conversations. You know, obviously, you know, when you talk about, like, in, in, at the collegiate level now, and I talked to a coach uh, actually yesterday, and he was talking about how every year they have to re-recruit their kids. In-house. In-house. Yes. Because, because of the transfer portal. Same way with AAU now, too. All of that stuff. So, like, wow. you know, that's – obviously that's a headache, you know what I mean? But you have some coaches, like I can use – like Kenny Payne, who just recently um, took over at the, – he's the head coach at Louisville. He publicly went out and said, like, everybody had meant to play at Louisville. We're not going to – you know, change how we do certain things. If you want to leave to go do it, then, then so be it. But we're going to get kids that fit what we do. And I think if you, you know, if, if you prostitute yourself. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah, I mean, just to I mean, it's, say it's, it again. It's legal. It's legal. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it? This kind is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if you do that, then, I mean, obviously, then, you know, that's something that you're going to be doing. The entire time that you're there, yep. Because you're never ever. It's never going to be right. Like you know, if it's if there's a problem with a kid in year one, nine times out of ten, there's a chance it's going to be a problem with a kid in your, same kid in year two. 
if things don't go the way that they're supposed to go. Right, right. And, and I, I'm kind of glad you said that because we, we don't have this on the agenda, but it's kind of right to just throw it in because we're kind of talking about all that stuff. But the NIL with, with, with players, especially with basketball players and the type of money that they're making, some making about the same amount as assistant coaches on their staff, if not more. Which they should be, to me. I really? Think, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I like the stats. Even, even with the, oh. the, the gap in maturity, you know what I mean? Just, just to be, come on. Oh, you know. Well, hold on, hold on. So I'm, I'm, can I'm making you really the same, say that, though, Chris? I'm, I'm because it's adult, it's, a, it's adults that don't have no maturity that, that's walking around with a lot of money. Very, very much so. However, you know, being, being 17, 18 years old with, you know, $150,000 in your pocket, you know. Or would you rather Jameis Winston be still in? No, Crab no, no, no. Crab oh, okay, we can, even, we can even say the Fab Five. <laughs> I mean, we can just, go. We can go way hey, back because because those kids were. Jamie, that's a punchline. Anything, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, I mean, I got. I know exactly. Should, should what there saying. not? Should there so, not be a ceiling? Okay. So what it should be is, if if, if a university is going to give a 17 or 18 year old kid three hundred thousand dollars, then what they also should be doing would be should be setting up financial literacy classes Man. for them. To be able to manage that, there should be a lot of these kids is going to be in tax problems. So they have tax problems. So a lot of adults in tax problems. I get it, but you don't. But that's the thing, though. So like, again, that that's that's the way that's that's how it should move, though. You know, not paying them anything or waiting. What happens if you you say, okay, we're going to pay them when they're juniors in high school? I mean, in college, and then they get hurt before they're a junior. And then they don't get any nil money, and then that's now why I figure. That's yeah. why I feel yeah. it's it's a positive. Yeah, and so it's for that, that very it's, reason. It's well, they used to use the insurance policy for that, right? Yeah, but you got to be you got to be projected, you know, certain level to be able to take out that insurance policy. And, and a lot of people don't really realize that scholarships are one year renewal. They are. They so because if you get hurt, they'll they'll yeah. make you sign a piece of paper, pay for your school, but you are not a part of the basketball. And, that, or and that's what I'm team. saying. So like so then right now. And I also think that that's what's going on with a lot of people. You know, when John said people are skipping steps, it's also because people are looking at the money. That's that's the the money is the root of everything. But it's like I said on the post, they're chasing the one percent, and the one percent is simply it's only one percent of people that make it to the professional so, level. So, so, so I'm, not, I'm not going to even say that though. I'm not. I don't think that. I think people are more realistic than we give them credit for. They know like my child is not an NBA player. But what they do? What do they? Well, some do they? No, no, no. So this, <laughs> let me finish. You're reaching. Let, let me finish with this though. Now you a basketball no, coach? No, no, no. no. So this, you this, know the conversations. No, no. But, these that, but this is having. also what I'm saying though. That does not mean that they don't think that their son is not a high major kid that can go and get four or five hundred thousand dollars based off of things that if they go right, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, you know, making it to the NBA is a pipe dream. And there's, and, and there's a lot of people that, that won't make it. There's a lot of people that won't make the NFL. But right. if, you, if you can tell me that if I, you know, have a good high school career and then I, I become, let's just use, I hate to use this as an example because he's one of my kids. Let's just use Mario as an example. The, the likelihood of Mario coming out of high school making the NBA, there, there may have been a slim chance of that. But the chance of, if NIL was around, the chance of Mario going to college and making four or $500,000. Easy would have been high. So again, the thought process in it, yeah, the NBA is not something that we're gonna like rule out. But what we can say is right now, I got the bag. Yeah, I can go get this right now, and I think that's what. So the focus has changed to that. That's what the focus is. That's what it is, right? It's just just like the focus of what we're talking about. It used to be on. It was public. Then it went from public to private. Now right. it's private and, and, and to that's going it, to prep. That, that's exactly so, that's exactly what I want to touch on. It's I the see, way. I, Marv, I see you on Zoo. I see you on. But I, I think, you know, obviously with, with this ability to be able to go get a bag, you right. know, um, do you think, and, and maybe it's so soon that we really haven't seen, you know, the, the, the cyclical effect of it, do you think the ability to have NIL deals, is it, kind of helping kids that may want to be thinking about going prep? Is it hurting? You know, is is that a determinant in any of this at all, you know, to be able to capitalize on what your marketability could potentially be for name, image, likeness? So what I also say is this. People also got to be realistic as far as you're talking about sometimes the top 50 kids in the country that are going to receive the type of money that you think that they deserve to receive. You're talking about like a million-dollar 
Yeah, is it even fifty? No, I'm not even gonna say a million. I'm just gonna say like a, a couple hundred thousand, something like that, possibly. Yeah. You know, like unless they're in situations that are like perfect. Like Yuri was a perfect example of that when they talked about, you know, that whole deal with him and Slew and him thinking about going to Tennessee. Uh, and I'm not thinking he was out the door. But, but the point is, is Slew that, had to come correct. Yeah, but so, but just think about that though. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they would have did it. <laughs> but, but he also, you know, again, like you're talking about. Kids that are, you know, there is a minute group of those kids. Right. You're not talking about a kid that, you know, is, that is, you know, a really good high school basketball player that has a chance to they, go play college basketball. They play JV and he's talking about he's working on his brand. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, I, mean I know you're being facetious, but you know what I'm saying? But, like, that's that's the real Hey, though. I play like, JV basketball. I mean, it's no knock to him. Yeah, but that's that's what that's the landscape right now. Like that's what that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a lot of people that have those intentions and they think about okay, again, high school is 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 almost like a segue to getting to that. And and they're trying to figure out what's the best route to give my child a chance to get to that. So, do you feel or, or not do you feel what what's your opinion? You know, going to prep school route, going the public route relative to the private route. All good options. You know what I mean? You can get a great education. Um, but when you talk about prep school, and, and, and can you can you explain what the difference is to prep school relative to going public or private as well? So, I mean, you know, obviously there's pros and cons to absolutely everything. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I... Obviously, I just I just coach in the EYBL. When you look in the EYBL, you see college coaches there. You also see prep school coaches there. <laughs> hey, it's the same way on the girl side now. That's the, so so I you, wouldn't I wouldn't think as many prep school. No, nah, you got a ton of them. You got a ton no, of them. They're, they're recruiting, bro, like yeah. a college. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah, with their with their logo on, with all of that. Yeah. So the desire, because wow. you have to think too, though, the desire to win. Obviously, we talked about money, right? Money mm-hmm. being the, the root of everything. The desire to win with winning comes different things. So, obviously, if I'm going to recruit kids, I'm trying to get the best kids. So, it's no different than us as Bradley Bill Elite or um, whoever, Ramey. Everybody wants the best kids to be able to, you know, help their brand as an organization. Right. So, as, as a, from a prep standpoint, prep schools have access to, you know, any kid around the country. For the most part. Now, obviously, there's rules like, you, you know, foreign exchange students with I-20s and different things like that. You have you have those things that you have to kind of, you know, massage. And I, I also think that there's probably some other things that they probably have to go through as well. Um, I know that a lot of times those places are, like, attached to um, some sort of a university as far as how they, you know, develop collegiate, their career. A collegiate yeah, university. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah their uh, curriculum and all of that stuff as well. Emmett said poaching before coaching. Yeah, so you have, you have, you know, and so. Can you really say poaching, though? I, it, I mean, they, yeah. all, they always say no kid belongs to you. It's true, though. That's true. Like, there, there, there's no, we all get into that situation where people think that the kids are ours. None of the kids are ours. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, you just want to do what's best for them. You just want to educate them the best way you can. You know, and I think sometimes people make impulsive decisions without actual factual information. So when you're talking about going to certain situations, you also have to think about like, you know, obviously if I'm a a, a, a top ten kid in the country, it really doesn't matter where I go. You know, we just talked about Nick Smith the other day. Nick Smith, who played at Bradley Bill, who um, I got to know, you know, really well. And, you know, he was deciding between going to a prep school or, you know, staying in the public school. And the truth was, was that one way or the other, it was not going to hurt him or help him. You know, he was already, you know, he wasn't a top 10 kid yet. Mm-hmm. But after the EYBL, he became a top 10 kid, top five kid. So that was crazy. Like, he, he wasn't even top 15 or top 20 at the time, I think. But, I mean, so, so here's the thing, though. So when you talk about, like, obviously – we want our schedule ever shine to be national and stuff like that. But, like, when you play in the EYBL, you're playing in front of every coach in America. So by the time it comes to, you know, getting scholarships and different things, like if you haven't gotten, I guess, the scholarships that you're thinking about you're supposed to be getting, there's no, no prime place 
other than the EYBL to get that. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to magically, you know, make a decision in high school that's going to. If Duke hasn't recruited me yet, then nine times ten, something drastic has to happen for Duke to recruit me. <laughs> if, 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 and especially if I've had the opportunity to play in front of Duke three or four times, you right. know what I mean, in the summer. Right. So, like, obviously, there's something that just is missing the mark. And it doesn't mean that, again, if well, I go – that on? Who, who is that on to, to to explain? Is that on the high school coach? That is it on the parent? Is it on the AAU coach to say, hey? So it's it's Because those conversations are tough conversations yeah, no, to so, have. No, so, I mean, so, like, even with this, though, even with us talking about this, like, I don't have a problem with any other situations. Like, you just, like, you're going you're gonna to always come across a certain kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if I was sitting up here representing a prep school, like, I would give you the pros to being at a prep school and possibly the cons to not being at one. But that doesn't mean that I'm hating on the situation one way oh, or the oh, other. Facts, facts. You see what I'm saying? It's just knowing the situation, making the best decision that you feel, but just being educated and knowing the actual facts of the situation, not just going off of what you're told and who's telling you different things. Like, you have to really do the research on what certain things are. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, they exist for the sole purpose that any organization exists. Mm-hmm. They exist financially because – if you look at Montverde, for instance, I'll just use that as a prime example. A lot of people don't know that Montverde has five basketball teams there. <laughs> wow. They have a post-grad team. They have an elite high school team. Wow. And then they have not – I'm talking about boys. I'm not even talking about the girls. And they have three other teams. that, and, and, and two of those teams are filled with foreign exchange students who pay just to go to that school. Seventy. 7,000. There you go. So when you talk about that <laughs> in itself, so, I mean, again, mm-hmm. that, that in itself is designed to do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not handing out free tuition to people to go to school. There. Like, right. it's, a, it's a for-profit situation. Uh, uh, do you feel the same as far as, and I know we kind of talked about this. Are we good, Jamie? We good? Um... We, we talked about this just a little bit, you know, um, you know, say we got a senior, you know, who who still wants to play basketball, doesn't feel like he's, you know, got, you know, his recruiting, recruitment hasn't hit um, a peak, you know, then going to prep school. Do you think that is a good idea? Um, how does it affect eligibility? Um, you know, those, those type of things. You know, obviously, it's kind of like a guy just – he just wants to play football. He wants to play basketball. He's doing everything he can. What, what are your thoughts about going to prep school after you finished your four years of high school? I mean, it's post-grad is, is, is the same thing, again, is, you know, playing at the next level. And it's also it's, it's a developmental thing. So um, you have kids that, you know, that to me, that's no different than, than a kid reclassing. Mm-hmm. You know, at, excuse me, at the end of the day, like, some kids need additional time to play. And so, you know, that if, if you can do that without your clock starting, then sometimes that's an added benefit. You know what I mean? Like, we used to, we used to talk about um, red shirting at one point was like a positive. Now it's become a negative. Because they're trying, they trying to get these kids out the door, too. And you know you, what I mean? Yeah, there you go. So they're, in they're, certain situations, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really trying to be able to get kids out the door and move them. And I, I think even so much, even with – you know, COVID, <laughs> you know, all those kids being able to get an extra year, some kids being able to get two, three extra years to be able to play. I mean, you potentially are going to be, you know, an 18-year-old playing football against a 23-year-old or basketball. You know, basketball guys kind of move along a little bit further, but <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just crazy, you know, to, to see how, how all of this is, is kind of evolved and, and, you know, it just really is crazy, John. You got something else that you want to piggyback off of? I got, I got, do have another question about, you know, kind of this basketball. Just to let the circuit. people know that they listen to nothing but facts. Nothing but facts. I am Chris Brooks, John Albert, and our special, special guest, special Tony Irons. You, you know, 
I need to drink champs intro though. I didn't get that. But, man, I told you I should. I told you I was going. I told you I wasn't. I wasn't really ready. I knew I should. I wasn't hype enough. Like I had a lot going on. Nori would have. Yeah, he would have said. He would. He would have really set it up. It would have been more energy. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. My last question. I got you though. Don't worry about not today, but I got you. Because you show coming in here like you need to throw lies. Man, I do. Come on, man. I've been coaching all week. People on her talking about I need a bottle of water. Oh, Mario said. Give John some water Man, that's, Man I got it right here You know It's, it's all good I'm, I'm gonna be back by next week Sorry about our technical difficulties But we are We are back I just saw kind of BBE is kind of even You know Kind of um, Going To the 8th grade 7th, 8th grade Do you think They will go As young as 5th, 6th grade Or is the sky the limit You know what I mean man, To be able I, to find The best talent I don't know That are potentially I, out I here. have no idea With that You know Because I mean I would like to give my opinion On that I'm gonna let him finish. Yeah, I, first I, so I don't really, you know, obviously I don't have one. Um, you know, that's that's up to that organ, up to the organization to do that. You know, I my thing is like I'm real specific, man. I don't. Do speak you think it's beneficial? I mean, again, not, though, not to like, put you in a trick bag or yeah, anything nah, like nah, that. Just, Can it be yeah. beneficial, like for the development of kids? Because you know, Tony, like coaching is scarce <clears> out here. It's really, really scarce, and it's not necessarily about. You know, getting kids to be able to play in this program, but to if you if you got a, a fifth grader who is a potentially a guy, you know what I mean? He's probably playing. Chris, he's probably playing don't, for. Don't okay, say that so no me, more. Herbal so Hoover. So let me let me ask this. Then. You know what I mean? Let me ask this. Um, so, <laughs> Brandon, you said a fifth head, grader. Head, let's, let's, head said, "Make John wear a mask." I, I mean, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, whatever. But I'm just saying, so, it could I, be a fifth grader. I, I, I know what you know you're what saying. Mean? So, Up like, but, I got a, I got a six one. Okay, fourth, let, fifth grader okay, on my let, team. Let, let me use this as an example, then, because Darnell Clay. Shout out to Darnell Clay. So you plugging him. Yeah, I'm definitely plugging. plugged in. So, at what point do you like? At what point should it be competitive? What point should it be? What we're trying to win, what we're trying to do this. Because here's the thing. The younger you go at times, like we, we can't act like, you know, all of this stuff that we're talking about at the high school and the college level isn't going on at the youth level. It's probably worse at the youth level. So if I have a fifth grader and I'm a fifth grade coach and we just talked about how you don't own any kids, but in their mind, that's their kid and – they're using those opportunities to be able to advance themselves as well, which, again, I'm not saying that there's something completely wrong with that. What I am saying is, is that when you're, you know, if it's not mutually beneficial as far as long-term for a kid, because that same kid that's a fifth grader, that's 6'1", maybe 6'1", when he's a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. So then what? And that then, was me in the eighth grade. And then what, Damn boom. And then what happens when? <laughs> Big boom. Yeah, but Big then, fella. But then what happens with, so, like, let's just use an organization – and say, Organization X, invest this time and this resources in this kid, and they try to get a team around this kid in the fifth grade. And by the time he's a sophomore, they cut him. So mm-hmm. now all of that time was either – was it a waste of time? And then two – Or was it business? And But so the thing is, is that if it's going to be business, then it should be understood that it was business up front. From the go. You know what I'm saying? Because – but people try to – play on both sides, like that is not business, that this is really what we're doing for the best interest of the kid, when the reality is is that it's never for the best interest of the kid, unfortunately, in a lot of situations. <sighs> I love these type of conversations. Yeah, they're, 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 it's, these it's are like the, politics and religion, you know what I mean? You don't really want to dive into them, but you got to kind of talk about them to kind of get a baseline. No, for um, real, because like, I'm going to be real, like, I be understanding like, how some people feel, when they can coach a kid for so long and then you lose a kid mm-hmm. because they, they're human. But you also, so, you also should kind of be excited, though. Well, hear me out. They're, they're human in the aspect of, like, they grow the same type of attachment that maybe the kid grew as far as dealing with them. Mm-hmm. And so then when you get to that point and you might not be the Walmart, but you're the corner store and you don't understand that you are the corner store and that the Walmart might can Elevate and expose them maybe to some different things. Right, which you should but be happy about. You should be happy about. But in some cases, actually in a lot of cases, the mom and pop store be the best situation for some of them. And, and, and yeah, because they're and not they're not really a guy. There you go. But and to piggyback <laughs> off of that, because we all are human and we all have feelings and we all have put you know countless amount of time in into kids. 
So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for for someone at the last minute to say, hey, and a lot of times they don't even say this, but it's just like, appreciate what you've done, but, you know, we're going to do what we feel like is best for us. Like, and the reality is, is that, like, so one would say, well, coaches do it all the time. They switch jobs all the time. Mm-hmm. They do X, Y, Z all the time. But the thing is, is that, like, you know, I can, again, I can't speak on anyone else. I can just speak on myself. So, like, when obviously you're not my kid, obviously I have spent a lot of time, probably more time than you really have, you really asked for. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, you didn't tell me, like, I had to do right. all these things. These are things that I volunteered to do and I wanted to do. But when it gets to a point, myself as a coach, has a, I have a responsibility to do everything in my power to, you know what I'm saying, to close the gap as best as I can in certain situations. So if you're talking about Walmart and I'm a corner store and Walmart having, you know, things that I can't provide, then I'm not trying to, compi- you know, provide the same thing, but I got to provide something, though. Mm-hmm. I can't sit back and just say, woe is me, and I'm not doing anything to move differently, if that makes sense, too. Right. Facts. No, I, I completely understand that. Uh, let, let, let's move right along um, and, you know, to kind of talk about some other current events and some things going on. Obviously, Mo Can Elite, um, another. Is that really moving right along? I mean, it, it's kind of on the <laughs> same, <laughs> you know, on the same topics. Mo Can Elite defeated Team Takeover NDC 53 to 52. And, and obviously, you know, BBE, Mo Can Elite, the two teams, you know, here in Missouri. Um, John, what, what are your thoughts, you know, about. You know the, the the two programs and, and and how they're both having success, um, and you know not that you could put one you know above another, but you know just just talk about the success that both both of the programs are having. Um, Girls the, and boys. The, the question is, how do you measure success, though? All right, because and I asked that question. We kind of talked about that with I, I, <laughs> with that. You know what I mean? Listen, I, I ask the question all the time, uh, and I'll, I'll start on the girl side because you know you got Missouri Phenom. Was the EYBL program here in Missouri? Then you have Fee Elite, who's sponsored by LaFisha Collin, and then you have Brad Billy Elite, who you know it, it's a EYBL boys program, but they added girls uh, to them also. Um, I measure it a little different from most people. How I look at it is the success part is when you look at what we've done in the last four or five years, we've averaged six or seven Division One kids each year on our 1700 team. Now you fast forward to this year, we had some moving parts. We had some kids that left and and to them, they thought other programs was a better situation for them. Kudos to them, no big deal. All right, um, but the success part, we still had a successful summer. You got a lot of kids getting offers. You got a lot of kids getting looked. We had more than a few times playing in front of 60 to 70 college division one coaches. That's the success I look at when I determine on the program piece, you know what I'm saying? Because for us, you know, I can go play in Nike TLC and the Nike EYBL is in the same, you know, the two two buildings right next door to each other, but it's 70 coaches sitting there watching the game against Bradley Billy Lee, 17 and under, and Southeast All-Stars, who has a kid called Chloe Kitts, who 17th ranked right now, just won a USA medal, but it's going to be top five. So the rest of success, for me, is is looked at different, um, and it could be it could be the same when it comes to boys. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, Bradbury Elite still produces a bunch of Division One basketball players and a bunch of pros. All right, you're talking about three or four guys right now in the league that's getting super max deals. So right. how do you determine the actual success? When you're looking at the grand scheme of things, do you look at it and say they won three out of the last six? But what I mean, the majority of the population, you know, on this circuit, no, the barbershop is going to tell you not necessarily the barbershop. When you're in the gym, but hear me out. But part of the gym is barbershop talk. All right, right, it's peanut gallery for a lot of it. Okay, they're going to look at it and say, okay, they won three out of the last EYBL championships. All right, and you're going to be like, okay, they the best thing since sliced bread. But are they producing well, kids? Let, let me jump in this if I can. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, they had the best team all summer by far. Mokan had the best team um, in the last six years. They've had probably the best program in the last six years in terms of um, 
you know, organizationally and producing. You know what I'm saying? They've, they've won three three championships in six years. That says a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, in any level. That's very I, that's very humble and big of you to, to say. No, I mean, just I'm just, you know, one thing about me is I'm going to keep everything in spade, man. Like, and, you know, obviously I'm not going to – I'm not looking to get any flack from saying one thing or the other because, like, I'm just speaking truthful. Like, to, to win at that level obviously takes, you know, it's not luck. You know, you have, mm-hmm. you have something going on as luck. I mean, that's, 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 that's bigger than luck. There, there, there's a talent to it. Um, but the overall goal, like John said, to piggyback on him, the overall goal and the whole reason that all of these exist are to help kids to get post-secondary education, man, get this stuff paid for. Mm-hmm. So – at the end of the day, if Brad Bill Elite has 10 kids that go Division two, Division one, and their parents don't have to pay for anything, then it's measured as a success. You know, I think that all programs across the country, that, like, that, that's what it should be. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's been things, there's, there's going to be times where things don't work out, you know what I mean, like the way that it's intended to work out. Right. But as long as, you know, Kids are given an opportunity for success, to get exposure, and they're able to to have an opportunity to do that. Then it's measured as a successful season. Like Bradley Bill Elite had a successful season. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be kids that are going to lead his team better than what they when they came as far as scholarship opportunities. Right. That is a success. Basketball IQ growing, all that different things. So yeah. like yeah, so like that's you know obviously wins and losses is, is that's what I mean in sports. That's what it is. Like Tom Brady would not be considered the, the greatest quarterback of all time if he didn't have the Super Bowl rings. So that puts him in that category. So I'd be, you know, remiss to say if someone has championships, then you have to put them in a category. You yep. see what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can't not. If, if, they, if they didn't have it, then you wouldn't put them in a the category right. at all. Right. You, you know, I, I think we, how many, how many minutes we got? Seven minutes? Seven minutes left on the podcast. Seven minutes and thirty seconds. Seven minutes left in, on thirty seconds. So, Tone, you know, we, we talked about this, and I want to I want to kind of get you on the record, not like that, but want to get you on the record of just talking about the basket overall basketball talent in St. Louis right now, predicated to um, what it was in the past and right now where it is around the country. You know what? What's what? What do you think? Because obviously, you know, we could right. we can name names. You know, gotcha. of, of St. Louis guys, but just just give your opinion. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously St. Louis is over the last like decade has produced, you know, some of the A best ton. basketball players in the world. Yeah, and you I got think, three getting getting paid. Yeah, and, and and but when you talk about Missouri, you're talking about you know even more. You're talking about Michael Porter. You're talking about different people as well. So, you know. Otto can Porter. Can, Otto we, claim Porter. Him? can uh, we claim him? Can we claim him? He's in Missouri. He's he from Missouri, bro. Yeah, Otto Porter. Okay. You know, you, OG, Portland OG, or something like that. OG Ananobi, who no. went, who's from Jeff City. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you yeah, got – OG from Jeff City. Okay. Like, there's a bunch of people in the league. Yeah, yeah. Ben McLemore. So, there's a lot of people that have come through Missouri, the state of Missouri, that have, have gone on, league. That, that have gone on and had opportunities. Ten years, maybe. So – All of them played for BBE at one point, too. Well, so uh, – Except – Yeah. So, the two porters. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so um, when you when you talk about the level of talent compared to national, you know, talent, I think that is right there. I think that obviously St. Louis is still a small market, though. You know, when you compare St. Louis to D.C. or you compare it to Chicago or you know some of those markets, there there's you know there's there's, there's three times as many people in those markets. So obviously. The, the top of the, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop can compare. But when you start talking about, like, from top to bottom, mm-hmm. holistically, we probably don't have enough to be able to match up with certain situations depth, when it comes depth to depth-wise. Just depth because wise. we're not Yeah, depth-wise. But, gotcha. you know, but I still think that, you know, you put, you put our best in a situation against someone else's best. I still feel like that it's going to be really competitive, though. You know, with, with with NIL, you 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 have a very very special player, and we're not going to be able to get to the preseason overall running backs. Um, De'Aaron Hill Jr., basketball player, football player. All right, five. We got five minute countdown. Basketball player, football player, phenomenal football player, <laughs> phenomenal basketball player. You know, do you? I, I know these things are kind of happening because I've had a few conversations about some of the local St. Louis kids. You know, we talk about poaching or coaching, you know, with, with NIL. 
do you fear, you know, kids are not necessarily fear. Do you do you have thoughts about, you know, players that potentially play on your team, players that potentially play on other teams that that are guys kind of being poached, you know, from an NIL deal to move to California or move to some of these states where legally they can get paid for play. Obviously, that will be. You know, what we talk about, it may not be the situation, but, you know, if you can cash in on a bag, you know, what 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 are your thoughts about it? Just because you could potentially be in that kind of situation yeah, it sooner could. than later. It definitely could happen. I mean, it's, and I'm not, you know, naive to think that it can't happen. You know, it's just my job is while the kid is with me to do everything in my power to help the kid and to develop the relationship with the kid that he knows that, you know, we're going to do things to, to be able to help him long term and have success. And again, I can't speak on what his family situation is. Any kid, you know what this, what, what what the family situation is, what the kids' aspirations are, what any of that is. You know, like when you come to Vashon, end of the day, Vashon is a family. You know, and again, I don't own the kid, but it's a family-oriented situation where we're not looking to benefit off of that. We're looking to help you grow into whatever it is that you become. So, you know, and and so again, like. I know it's a kind of loaded question a little bit, but I and mean, that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like you know, I'm not I'm not benefiting off of any of my kids going to school. So like, you know, there could I possibly, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's not what I, it is. I mean, I mean more so from you know, you know, we talked about you know in little league how you know you you invest all that time into a kid and then they go. It could it's a kind of a similar situation. Yeah. Not I mean. We're not trying to benefit. You know, when you're in this for the right reason, you're not trying to benefit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, you know, so my my thought is, you know, having a kid like that. Me and you talked about, you know, the kid. And, and, and again, we're, we're talking about um, we're talking about De'Aaron Hill Jr., you know, a talented kid like a Luther Burton. You know, <laughs> the sky's the limit for this kid. Doing you know sport what I mean? athlete. I, I mean, the, play the kid, basketball the, and play football the, the too. Kid, it was two weeks removed from playing football. And came and did what he did immediately on a basketball court. I mean, you know, just not to single him out, not to single him out, because me and you talked about kids yeah. that play dual sports yeah. that can yeah. potentially play. But but I can I can use the next level. is a perfect example, though. I mean, that's a kid that, again, he's a special he's a special kid, special talent. Um, he's somebody. He's a great kid. He's a leader. You know, he's somebody that he's gonna have opportunities to do whatever he wants to do. He's going to have opportunities to play college basketball if that's what he wants to do. He's going to have opportunities to play college football. He's a, a world-class track star. Like, yes, like he can, I didn't know that. Yeah. He can, yeah. yeah. So like, he qualified for state. And, and what's crazy wow, is that, that. And a lot of people don't know he plays baseball. So, like, right. he, whatever he wants to do, he's going to be able to do. Gotcha. And our job is not to put him in a box. Our job is to let him explore everything that he wants to do. And then when the time comes, he makes the best decision for him and his family. That's it. Man. Words from the GOAT. Hey, listen, this was, this was a good one. This is a real good one. This is uh, episode two, season four. Season um, four. Man, yeah, it's crazy, old. isn't it? We're we getting old in getting this old. game. But let me tell you something. Uh, I really want to thank uh, the man himself, uh, my brother, um, Altonio Irons is his real name. Named after one of the, the legends, we didn't get a chance to talk about the fifty, uh, year, the fifth was it the fifty, uh, fifty years, fifty years, the shine in the top fifty players. We didn't get a chance to, to dive into it. Um, we'll touch on it next week for sure. We'll, we'll touch on it next with. week for sure, for sure. Just give me about fifteen seconds of what you thought about it. Them honoring your dad. I thought it was great. I thought it was great to honor honor my dad. I don't know if I like I told Chris. I don't know if I would have, you know, the whole. Top fifty-ish because there's a whole lot of players on there that deserve recognition. Right. I think they should have just really celebrated, you know, just the fifty years of Veshawn basketball and all the greatness that has come out of that. You know what I mean? To put a number on it and all of that is kind of, you know, subjective, man. Like, and I just and I just don't agree with it. But other than that, thought it was great though, man. And he got real emotional, and to get to see a lot of guys that come that came back and supported it, thought it was special, man. Well, I want to thank Tony Harris for coming on the show. You we got to get, get that on. I know. You were tuned in today, too. John Albert and Chris Brooks. Never been friends. We ain't never been friends.